Hello and welcome. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jessica. And this is Pretty Over Perfect. We are two former neighbors and current best friends who know that perfection is an illusion that could easily keep us from living our best lives. We are here to discover the goodness in the messiness of real life and find joy in the everyday by embracing simplicity, creativity, and a little sparkle. Hello, Jessica. Hi, Michelle. Hello, welcome to all of our listeners to another episode of Pretty Over Perfect. We're back to talk about more healthy habits and Michelle. I'm so excited about our guest today. You go ahead and introduce her for obvious reasons. That's right. I am really excited to introduce you all to Georgia. And we're just going to get right to the good stuff here. She is my little sister and one of my favorite people on earth. She is currently a (laughs) personal trainer at Equinox Highland Park in Dallas, Texas. And she specializes in strength, body recomposition, and injury prevention. Throughout her career, she has worked with populations ranging from young kids to professional athletes, and she aims to share her passion of healthy living, both body and mind, with everyone. Being a former athlete herself, Georgia continues to compete in a variety of athletic and running events and make her health and wellness a priority every single day. If you've never met Georgia, the best way to describe her is that she looks as if she was carved from Venetian marble. And this is true. <laughs> she's looked that way Thanks. since she was about nine or ten years old, and I would know because I was there the whole time. Um, even when she was a kid, I remember that she had muscles defined that I didn't even know existed. And, uh, yeah, she's definitely, like, the sporty one in our family. I've never been able to keep up with her myself, but I have always enjoyed learning from her and finding out more about physical health and wellness as her expertise has grown. So I'm really excited to share her with all of you today. Georgia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So excited. Georgia, I was trying to think about when it was that we were together last. And I think it was at Michelle's 30th birthday party. Yes. You think? Wow, it's been way too long. Oh my gosh. Glad you're back here. I mean, not back, but glad we can reconnect, even if it's virtually. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Of course. My time has finally come. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Here she is. In all her glory. Eventually, maybe we'll get all the sisters on the podcast. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. I'd say it's a worthy ambition. (laughs) Georgia, I loved hearing all your background. And wow, it's phenomenal. My ears perked up when you talked about working on the front end of injury. Ooh, yes. Focusing on strengthening to prevent it is what it sounds like, you know, as a personal trainer, you do. Um, I have to tell you that this is what my husband, like, breathes he's a chiropractor but he works with athletes and that's kind of why they come to him is to work on injury prevention and I think it's such a phenomenal thing to talk about because it applies to all of us even if we're not athletes that you know the work that we do today can serve us in the future of course just our health in general is our first defense against injury and all the diseases that we hope to prevent throughout our life so love it yeah and Georgia Maybe you were going to talk about this later, but I think it was like EXO's model that was like uh, trying to prevent injury in gameplay by, oh, you're going to say it better than I am, but like (laughs) you never wanted to have an athlete doing something in a game that they had never done in practice, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's how injuries happen. Yeah. So training functionally and for your sport specifically, you never want to be in a position in an unknown environment that you haven't already trained in. So training 
linearly, laterally, and multidirectionally is something they focus really strongly on. And I had such an incredible time learning more about and like growing my knowledge on. So moving in those planes, training in those planes with and without load is the best way to like train your body to react, whether it be by a force or if you're like falling off a curb or playing basketball, all of those positions that you find yourself in, you want to be the strongest possible and the safest possible. That just always made me perk up too, because even though I don't play professional sports, you know, I've thought a lot about like how we yeah get like back injuries from not using proper leg muscles to do lifting and things like that. And so then even just in our regular everyday lives, we can get hurt by not yes, having our absolutely. bodies trained even for like the uh, quote unquote mundane tasks that we may be experiencing. One of mom's favorite quotes is you can <laughs> die getting out of bed in the morning <laughs> or, get, <laughs> or like get hurt or something right. of that nature. But um, <laughs> true. that's true. Like you could really hurt yourself doing something so simple, but obviously the more you train and the stronger you are, both like in your muscles and your joints and overall body, the safer you're going to be just going through life. Just okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Georgia, we didn't prep you for this, but I'm a mom. I didn't know. I don't know yes. if you know that I'm a mom and <laughs> What what's your advice? Like if we could translate that kind of philosophy into, say, a normal life of a mom who's kind of changing diapers, uh, lifting children, driving. Of course. Yeah. How does that translate? Ooh, oh, I love this question. Um, so typically you're going to carry any small children on your non-dominant side. So you have your dominant hand to open doors, write something down, feed the baby or feed the mm -hmm. child. So that can cause some discrepancies in strength as well as just like how you're positioning your body. So just being aware of like maybe switching sides, like even before you're tired or like just being aware of like using both your hands and both your hips and lifting equally with your legs and engaging your core. Those are the big ones for like carrying kids around, but... Mm -hmm. Core is definitely the like one to hit home on. Anytime you're picking something or someone up using your legs, having a strong core and chest. So like locking in your shoulders, obviously that sounds like a lot, but once you practice it, it becomes your natural tendency. So engaging your core will definitely help prevent like back injuries. Staying up nice and tall will help your posture. So Definitely just being aware of where you are putting weight and the muscles that you are using throughout your day-to-day -day life. Awesome. Very helpful tips. I like it. Okay. All right. We got so excited. We kind of skipped all <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, Jordan, yeah, can we back up for a second and yeah. have you just kind of introduce yourself, your perspective, how you got to be a physical trainer, everything that led you here? Yeah, of course. So I have had a huge passion for movement and sports since I was like walking out of the womb. It's true. <laughs> started, <laughs> started with ballet, which I am very grateful for just building 
those small integral muscles as well as like your large muscle groups in your legs and just learning about your body in space. And then I kind of needed a <laughs> bigger energy outlet than that. So started playing soccer and running when I was um, around 10 and quickly realized that I wanted to take it further than essentially just like high school and clubs. So had collegiate and professional soccer on my mind from a very early age. Moving through like club and school soccer, I fell in love with science. I first wanted to be a marine biologist and then paired with sports particularly went down like the physical therapy route. But after tearing my ACL in college playing soccer, quickly realized that physical therapy was a little sad <laughs> and it was I like spending so much time working with like broken people, essentially. Like um, I still love the profession and am so grateful for them and like props to all physical therapists, but just realized that that was not my path. So recovering from the ACL as well as regaining use and muscle of my leg, I decided that using that opportunity to pursue a more of like a strength and conditioning career was what I wanted to do in particular with athletes and injury prevention. Cause most of the injuries that happen in sport can be quite heavily avoided by correct strength training and uh, proper movement patterns. Typically those are ingrained at like a very early age, but they can be worked through and like corrected with proper training. So that was definitely something that fueled my career choice. So right after college, I came down to Texas to take an internship at Exos, which is a private strength and conditioning company and worked primarily with professional athletes, which was so incredible. I learned so much and fell even harder in love with just the weight room and how it can get people to their goals and make people faster, jump higher, obviously make them healthier and like the best person and athlete they can be. And so after that, I applied for Equinox. Didn't know at the forefront how life-changing working with more of a general population would be, but I have loved every second of it and I've continued education through Equinox in particular and I'm currently certified in both training and nutrition as a tier three plus trainer there. And I learn a little bit more every day in regard to my job and the people I get to work with and everything in between. So I love that everyone kind of brings a different background and perspective to each training session and I get to help people change their life. <laughs> so a little bit about me. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, Georgia, I do want to ask, why do you prioritize physical health? And so two-part question, what benefits do you experience from creating and sticking to healthy habits? Because that's kind of what we're talking about here on the podcast this month. So I want you to speak to that perspective if you could. Yeah, of course. So physical health for me has always created a competitive outlet. So 
I'm very competitive by nature. So there is always a new challenge, a new obstacle, something to get better at. So that's something I really appreciate about training in general, but I definitely prioritize it because it allows me to pursue my passions. Um, some of those include like running intramural sports, wakeboarding, skiing, and snowboarding, just exploring the world, however that might be. So I never want to have to say no based on my physical abilities, mm-hmm. um, to obviously to the, like the best of my, like I, I can, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't, have an excuse not to try something or join someone in a physical venture. I can be all in, but also just being a healthy person. And obviously it's all about consistency. So I want to be as healthy now as I am 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Um, the healthier we are, the earlier in life, the easier it is to carry that into your entire life. So yeah preventing injury disease, all the, all the things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you've always been very physically active. Has it always been easy for you to maintain some consistency that way? I guess somewhat like my best friends have always, I've always found really great friends in sports. And so obviously beyond loving the sports, I have people to enjoy it with. And then mm. going into college, it was kind of a task that was like just on me. I was partway through college. Obviously I stopped playing varsity sports. So like training, running, all of that was to my own accord. And it did, it did get hard. Like I got very busy with school and sometimes I didn't know what to do. And sometimes I got lazy, but I still found benefit and joy from it. So even if it wasn't every day, I on time to do it throughout the weeks and months and years. What advice do you have for somebody that it is really challenging to get started or remain consistent? Definitely finding something that you enjoy is the first step, as well as just finding something that you can do with consistency. So um, you might not have access to a gym or know how to do free weights like tailored to your goals, but try to go on a walk each day, getting like at least 30 minutes of movement, just getting up and moving your body is the first place to start. Beyond that, finding something you enjoy. So it might be stepping out of your comfort zone and joining a team or like a rec league or like going on and to a cycle class or starting yoga in the park or something like that. Um, Something that you you are familiar with at first. And if you're not familiar with something, then do your best to kind of seek out and educate yourself and find your options and then find something you enjoy. Very good thoughts. Yeah. Okay. So just getting started, just getting moving. The last personal trainer that we talked to said similar things like it doesn't matter where you start, just start. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like for many of us, especially at like the beginning of the year, whether we're like looking to set new goals in this area, whether it's building on past expertise or just starting from the couch, wherever we are. I think a lot of us want to get healthier and try to kind of figure out how to set 
or how to get started. So you said find something that you love. Is there any other advice you have for building on our building healthier habits, especially in this time of like renewal in the new year? Yeah. Um, so definitely setting, we've all heard of smart goals, but <laughs> those are a thing. It doesn't have to be a whole list of goals. You can start with like one or two things, but the biggest thing is choosing goals that you can master. And then once you have mastered those one or two things, then building on and on and on throughout the year, um, obviously, and then throughout life. But mastering small goals like drinking enough water, walking every day or um, whatever it might be, um, choose two things, one to two things that you can master and then go from there. Cool. Awesome. So you're not just suggesting that if we're a couch potato, we just start spending three hours in the gym tomorrow. <laughs> no, we can build no, necessarily to these things. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very hard. Recognize also that it is a journey. That is typically the part that people don't like <laughs> and don't realize up front. But the sooner you commit to yourself and your goals, the sooner, obviously, those the closer those goals will come, but it is a journey and it is a process and it's not going to be easy. That's why you haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah. So just kind of stepping back and recognizing that obviously the sooner the better, but appreciating it <laughs> too. You're going to yeah. change, if you want to change your life and your habits, then exactly that, like it requires some change. So, yeah. I like your suggestions about drinking water. Mm -hmm. yeah. and <laughs> a huge one like will that really make a difference to somebody if they're like okay i'm just going to drink more water yes oh my gosh so um obviously the golden rule is a gallon a day 128 ounces that's um, a lot <laughs> it is tell me how to do it <laughs> <laughs> so obviously that number and that like goal is quite large for some people, especially if they are one, not drinking all that much to start or drinking a lot of other beverages. But mm, yeah. the sooner you were able to track that water and actually see how much you intake, a lot of the other things will kind of come along with it, such as like typically people find that they aren't as hungry. So they're eating less calories. They are feeling better, more alert. So they're not taking in like other substances throughout the day, such as like caffeine and like energy drinks. And then obviously their focus is on that water. So they're a little more distracted. <laughs> so sometimes avoiding like snacking and that kind of thing. Yeah. So water is definitely one that everyone can practice. Yeah. I was going to say, what did our mom always tell us? You're not hungry. You're just thirsty. <laughs> oh my gosh. My yeah. mom said the same thing. <laughs> that's I a found great suggestion to my though. kids i'm like you don't need a snack just drink a bunch of water <laughs> yeah and even with like going off of that when you are hungry first drink a glass of water mm -hmm. let it set for a minute a few minutes and then go from there <laughs> yeah. also taking in water with each meal will help with satiety as well as obviously get in those extra ounces it's a good time to have a glass of water with you. Yeah. I think too, like I've noticed when I have like water available instead of like a snack, 
Uh, you know, we've I've actually never really been like a huge snacky person, partially because of what my mom always said, just drink some water. There were no <laughs> snacks available. Yep. But like if I have a, a glass of water or a tumbler of water on the counter ready to be drank, like I'm going to naturally go for that first instead of going and looking in the fridge or the pantry or something for something snacky. Like if that's my f- the first thing that's available to me is yeah, a little absolutely. bit of water. Michelle, I, I rave about how the kids are like glued to their water bottles. It's <laughs> yes, amazing. They are. They, uh, they drink a lot. Of, we drink a lot of water in this house, which is which is good. They think yes. it's a really big deal <laughs> to go to a restaurant and order milk. So milk, <laughs> not even soda. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. think they know that exists. I mean, no, they do know that exists, but uh, hey, yeah. they're better. <laughs> You're doing something but, right yeah, over there. Yeah, definitely the first, if you get a good reusable water bottle and keep it around, mm-hmm. uh, that's the first thing I suggest to all my clients is having it around and you're going to see it all the time, (laughs) you'll realize you're typically a lot more thirsty than um, you realize. So (laughs) cool. Yeah. I think that's another one of those things too, where like, you know, if you're like drinking a glass of water that you have to like pour for yourself every single time or something like that, or you have to get a bottle of water, you know, there's just like, those are just like little mental blocks that if you can move them just by having your tumbler of water ready to go or keeping a, bottle of water in the car if you're someone who commutes a lot or ends up a lot in the car just like if it's there like buy yourself a water bottle it will be the best investment ever and you'll Mm -hmm. be drinking it more amen i did get a stanley cup from my favorite things party over christmas so now i have a really (laughs) cool tumbler i can tell you what it it was just as good as my target one but i still feel pretty cool and i am drinking a little bit more water (laughs) Okay, but I want to move now from water to diet. So yeah, I, I'd love absolutely. to hear your opinion on fad diets like keto and paleo. Is there a better way to think about how we are fueling our bodies? Do you like these kinds of approaches? Yeah, so typically diets are just short-term reduction of calories or restriction of certain foods or macronutrients, but um, they don't last is like the biggest thing. Um, they typically are like short term, which means the benefit is typically short term. So they can teach us a lot, but eventually they either end or the person gives up, (laughs) which is probably like the hardest part, but obviously the best like quote unquote diet is one that we can truly make a lifestyle out of and maintain long term. Because we don't want the benefits to stop. We don't want our bodies to go back to the way they were. We obviously started the diet for some with some goal in mind. And so if we can make our like our everyday intake of food accustomed to both like our personal desires and our goals in mind, then we will actually be able to <laughs> maintain it long term. Mm, so like it. Particularly in regard to keto, you can learn a lot. Um, Keto was mentioned on the notes, but that can help us learn a lot about what our body does in the deficit of carbohydrates in particular. I've heard mixed reviews on keto. Some people really love it. Some people hate it. They're tired. So you're always obviously welcome to do diets and some serve different purposes, but it's all a learning process. And so learning what you 
want to keep in your diet forever, X, Y, Z, they can be beneficial, but I don't typically recommend anything too crazy in that regard. Your approach reminds me of Michael Pollan. Do you know who Michael Pollan is? He wrote the Omnivore's uh. Dilemma, right? Ah, okay. Isn't that him? Yeah, I think so. I know him from something else, but he's all over the place. And he <laughs> says to eat real food, mostly fruits and vegetables. No, real food, but not too much, mostly fruits and vegetables. I feel like that's very realistic, kind of what you're saying. Yeah, definitely eating. You're going to have the best, most whole diet if you're eating whole unprocessed foods. Our society has heavily, heavily shifted towards processed foods and things high in sugar, like white refined grains, all of those things that are absorbed very quickly by the body, but can absolutely destroy our bodies essentially. So the more we can eat whole unprocessed foods, the better. Because when people think like carbs are the devil and all that stuff, or like too much of this, too much of that, it's typically in foods that are in a package or like on the shelf for a year at a time. So full of the bad stuff, but you're not going to have an unhealthy lifestyle if you eat broccoli every day, which is a carb primarily. So just thinking of it that way. So eating the most simple of the macronutrients is going to be the healthiest diet. Yeah. Okay. So you've talked to us a little bit about like rethinking how we're intaking food and water and getting more exercise. Can you tell us how to work with our bodies as they are naturally, like our body types, what are some things that we can strive to change and like set goals to work on? And what are some things that we like can't change and need to accept or work with? Yeah, yeah of course. So definitely like bone structure and height are like the most obvious. Mm-hmm. So I'm only five, two, Michelle, you're quite, quite a bit taller than me. Three whole inches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But even like taking our body types, even if they are similar in um, like composition or makeup, like we look different. Yeah. Even like three inches of height, we look uh, like we look quite different. So kind of having an idea of like what your goal body is based on your structure. So if that includes more muscle, if that includes less fat, if it if you'd like to like build your upper body or build your lower body, kind of having an idea of what that would look like and how you might get there uh, with different training regimes. But um, another thing typically people don't have much say in is how quickly and or easily they put on muscle mass. Yes, I want to talk um, to you about this. Keep going. (laughs) I'll ask you after. I was... So obviously training is a huge part of that and dependent on when you start training, specifically strength training. But I was, I got into it fairly early in life. So I was able to put on a substantial amount of muscle in my high school days and maintained it quite well. But obviously the later you start, it is harder to build muscle, but not impossible, Um, especially in males that kind of starts to ease of muscle building starts to diminish 
around your like early to mid thirties, but still not impossible, but definitely obviously with females too, there's a lot of hormones in play, but as with all of the things we've been talking about, consistency and fueling your body properly are going to definitely aid in muscle growth and like body recomposition. So, okay, wait, um, so I I have no hope. I have no chance. Because no, 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 I just, uh, you don't know this Georgia, but like, I'm like five weeks, week five into like a strength program. Like for the first time in my life, I'm walking around and I'm like strategically lifting weights. Okay. Yay. Oh my gosh. This is but- it's so weird for me because I was saying in a different episode, like I love the winded feeling. Like I love cardio. I love to work really hard that way. But I've sensed like a need to balance myself a little bit. So like I'm trying to do that better. But even when I was dancing, you know, 12 hours a week, I have never had calf muscles. Like even if I was doing ballet on point, never had calf muscles. I feel like I just, I don't know, have really stretched out muscles or something. Like are they ever going to okay, appear? <laughs> let's all put this in perspective. It's because Jessica yeah. is 10 feet tall and just like, well, a model Not already. Quite. So, no. so you don't have muscle bulk perhaps, but it's just like, uh, I'm talking tonage. I don't want to be crazy. No, and I really don't mean to be complaining. I'm so curious. Like I've been trying to figure this out just over here with my no, own you are lack of you knowledge are not a lost cause <laughs> don't worry is it even worth it is it even worth it yes it is yes so obviously consistency typically minimum of two times a week okay. per muscle group is suggested two times per muscle group oh rats okay yes so even if that's two like full body days a week okay with resistance training is adequate to build appreciable muscle. But one big one that is sometimes harder, especially for females, is progressive overload. So Mm. increasing the weights and or the reps, pushing yourself a little harder under load, which can be Mm. obviously very intimidating and scary, especially in more complex movements you may not like feel as comfortable in. But as much as you can kind of push yourself, especially in those last sets and reps, Mm. getting some, essentially you're just tearing your muscles and then they rebuild themselves and are bigger and stronger. So progressive overload is one that we know and love. (laughs) So instead of reaching for the same weight every week, we want to obviously be safe first and foremost, but (laughs) try the next weight up, even if it's for a few less reps, struggle through those last few reps. If you need a spot or you need someone to help you, like just grab someone. Everyone's in the gym for a reason. So people are a lot nicer than they probably seem in the gym, but I'm sure someone will gladly help you. Definitely pushing yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone is where you'll see results. Okay. How long do you feel like it typically takes to see results? And everybody, disclaimer, I'm not going for like <laughs> like this ripped physique. I just want to feel like a little bit more toned. And No, yeah, of course. So how long? So a pound or two every month, adding a pound or two of muscle with consistent training is definitely a possibility. But also getting enough protein, obviously drinking your water, getting rest, and 
making sure you're doing, I guess the whole, it's a, it's a whole process oh, Yeah. <laughs> not to intimidate you, but just being consistent in the most basic things. Cool. Thanks for indulging yeah. me being my yeah. personal trainer no, here in course. front of everybody. I love it. <laughs> well, it's interesting too, because like Jessica, you and I have talked off air about how we have different body types. Like, uh, I guess the easiest way for me to describe it is that like, even when I'm like nine months pregnant, you can still see my ribs, <laughs> all my, oh, all gosh. my mass in my body wants to go onto my legs. <laughs> like that's just where it wants to go. So like, if I do a lot of cardio, I end up looking like really emaciated in the top mm. half of my body, which is not a look that I'm going for, which is why okay. I don't do as much cardio and focus more on like leg stuff. Georgia, tell me if I'm wrong here. I do, I do like working yeah. cardio, but this is why I like, this is part of the reason I tell myself I don't need to run long distances <laughs> um, because I did yeah, once and it was like, like <laughs> and I did not like the results I was getting. So I was like, I want to focus more on weight training as like the majority of what I do. Obviously getting some cardio in there, just not, my focus is not cardio. Yeah. Like Georgia, yeah. do you advise people on that at all as far as like when they're coming to you as a new client or maybe a seasoned client, like they're like with their goals, their body type, everything like that. Yeah. So typically I prescribe cardio. Well, obviously based on their goals, mm -hmm. if it has something to do with cardio, but part of initial training is building a cardiovascular base. So mm -hmm. that starts with just moving through a circuit and then eventually obviously the entire session with timed and or limited rest. So we are able to get the most out of our sessions, but so that's also like a just hit being, workout. Is that what you mean? Or no. Different? So typically that's like with uh, strength training, resistance training, okay. weights, gotcha. okay. but with less breaks so that it becomes more. Yep. So just being able to your, obviously your muscles are able to do more okay. in the same amount of time. But okay. uh, that also just builds your cardiovascular system, which will transfer to what people consider like their cardio workouts, such as um, like running, walking, cycling, swimming, all those things. So the more proficient you are cardiovascularly, it can transfer to all the things in life. So I do typically recommend like a steady state walk. So like an incline walk, frequency dependent on their goals, but especially in regard to fat or like just overall weight loss. I also sometimes include like jumping on the Stairmaster to get extra movement cardio specific and then a little more leg focused. But yeah, I guess cardio is a great way to drop fat quickly, but typically people don't have that the right like balance of strength training and cardio Ooh. so they kind of either like go to one or the other but it is all a balance of stressors so okay so what's the right um, balance because this is ooh. so perfect for me i've just been wondering <laughs> these things <laughs> okay yes it completely depends so some people hold more muscle on their structure than others and so losing a fair amount of fat is probably what is best for them and then what they see as ideal for themselves. Other people don't have as much fat or don't have as much muscle, excuse me. So if they are doing excessive amounts of cardio, they will kind of not to like call, say this is you, Michelle, but 
they will like get that like leaner, not like you said the word gaunt. I don't want to use that word, but um. <laughs> well, okay. I feel like okay. So like my thing is that I feel like my like torso will start to look like emaciated. And what I oh, want is, like, yeah. more toned legs. Like, So I'm like, okay, yeah. I need to focus more on, like, leg toning exercises than continuing to run. I mean, I do do cardio, but this has been my personal experience when I ha- was, like, running a lot that I ended up just, yeah. like, being like, I don't like the way that this looks because it's, like, like, I don't personally want to look like I'm skin and bones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Gross. <laughs> um, but maybe I should have been pursuing more muscle mass at the time. Maybe I wasn't doing that. I don't know. Yeah. So obviously the knowledge of like not being able to spot check fat is a thing. (laughs) You can't do that. Um, So in regard to what you're saying, Michelle, if you want muscles to pop, particularly like more toned legs, building a little more muscle in your legs will kind of help them show through better or become more distinct. Like your, if you want like the teardrop on your quads, (laughs) Uh, that's your, that's me. Yeah. That's my goal right now. Just training. Yeah. Perfect. So (laughs) yeah. That is my new year's lower pushing. (laughs) Yes. Lower pushing. So like squats, right? Yep. All your squats, lunges, step ups. Well, I've been doing that, but then I added, so I do that and then do it. I've been adding weights. I don't go to a weight room at the moment. So I've been doing that. And then I added a weighted vest. And wow, I've been using, I've been using these for a while, but resistance bands and then also free weights. So I'm really trying to like load it. (laughs) You are loading it on, girl. And then I've been using my stationary bike. This is how I get my cardio. Do my stationary bike, make that really hard, like the so whatever the pressure is up, and I'm still wearing the weighted vest, so that's my that's my current plan. Is it a good one? Yeah, that's okay. awesome. Yeah, I need you to show us, uh, take a little selfie. All right, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. so weighted vest, stationary. Bike. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. But I'm in the privacy of my garage, so no, I'm just proud of you. I think it's phenomenal. Okay, wait. Yeah, last selfish question. Then we'll move on. Everyone's annoyed, but I need to know: Am I like yeah. counterproductive here because I cannot give up running because I'm just so in love with it? So, <clears throat> well, I don't want to. So right now I'm doing like three days of either running or spin. No, two days and then three days of weights. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. Again, I'm like, I see no muscle, so is that my fault for running still or what? <laughs> no. Consider just progressing your weight training days. Progressing as in building on those days, like heavier weights on those days? Yeah. So potential you've said you've been going for how long? Five with, weeks. With <laughs> oh, okay. So there's a few things you can do. Uh, you can essentially like retest your maxes which would be like kind of finding your weight limits on your major exercises. And then you kind of like, you don't have to like start your program over. I don't know what kind of program you're following, but consistency is key. Like I've been saying, Um, and that goes for exercises as well. So if you are changing every week, your body is not able to become accustomed (laughs) to those exercises. Therefore you are just stressing your muscles like inconsistently. So, okay. Even if it's glutes and quads, 
every say every week but they're just different exercises in the glutes and quads i would be doing the same exact exercises like your most compounder main exercises every time so okay. obviously a squat is a huge one for full body uh, glutes and quads so i suggest you squat every week and then if you want to change up your accessory exercises uh go oh, for it okay cool or like switch your accessory exercises like after two weeks, three weeks. Okay, cool. But still keeping with those basics and then progressing on the basics. So you don't want to be switching too much mm-hmm. as to where your body can't mm-hmm. learn yeah. what you're doing. And then that obviously gives you an avenue to progressively overload. Yeah, cool. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's great. All right, Georgia. Talk to us about some common misconceptions about health or fitness that you see in your profession. Ooh, or yes. generally, I so, guess. So <laughs> probably the biggest one is that carbs are bad. And so a lot of the females I see are like, oh, I'm cutting carbs because I want to lose weight or do this, do that. Pure and simple. Carbs are not bad. Bad carbs are bad. So um, kind of like what I said earlier on in regard to processed foods, refined grains, and added sugars, those are the things that we typically think of as carbs. <laughs> so yes, like those are bad. Those are bad carbs. But thinking of carbs as a like a whole and as the macronutrient that they are, um, vegetables are carbs, fruits and veg, like fruits and all those fun things are carbs. So you can not go crazy, but like you can eat carbs until you're full if they are good carbs. So adding, that's why everyone tells you to add fruits and vegetables to your day because good carbs are going to help fuel you and are your body's preferred source of energy. So if you are eating good carbs, then you shouldn't be needing to cut them out of your diet. But Absolutely try to stay away from the previously mentioned bad carbs. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, will one weekend of indulging in cake or cookies or bad carbs, will that will that ruin our progress? <laughs> no. So just going again off of consistency. So obviously the longer you are consistent, the less detrimental, like off days or cheat meals or a vacation, the less detrimental they become. So taking a weekend off is going to screw your process, (laughs) screw your progress if you're taking every weekend off. But think about doing really, really good, eating clean, exercising consistently for a whole year. You would not think twice about taking a break or taking a week vacation. You wouldn't feel or you shouldn't feel bad about it. So the sooner you make living and eating healthy a lifestyle, then like you can break, you can eat the cake, you can celebrate. That's one I see a lot is that people are like, I completely ruined all my progress because I went out and drank all Friday. But as soon as you can get back on routine and you recognize that it's not a daily (laughs) or sometimes even like weekly occurrence, then 
the better you'll feel about your progress and the sooner you'll like get back on track. So that was okay. You travel a lot. Can you tell me how you handle this kinds of kind of thing? Like how you have a, an enjoyable life, but still remain healthy. (laughs) So my boyfriend and I are very fortunate to travel quite a bit, especially right now we are to and from Colorado quite a bit to ski, but Beyond, obviously, skiing is a taxing activity. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Definitely train quite frequently and eat really clean throughout the week. So we are making our own food. We're eating whole chicken and rice and lots of eggs, (laughs) drinking all of our water. We are typically training and training pretty hard in the gym on the, uh, like, every day. We are quite into running right now, uh, which is a little added benefit. But over the holidays, we are just, we focused primarily on training on the days we were able to. If we weren't able to, we tried to get some sort of movement, even Mm -hmm. if that's just like walking the dog or walking to the next store or (laughs) whatever it might be. Taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Yes, there you go. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Just being conscious of moving and not just like sitting on the couch for 12 hours at a time. But obviously that will be someone's vacation, but just being conscious of what we eat, but also enjoying our time. So we have prepared our bodies to live a healthy lifestyle and be consistent, but we're able to enjoy ourselves still as long as... When the party's over, when the vacation ends, we kind of get back onto that routine and get back to the life and healthy habits we have created. I like that. Yeah. And two points on this that I would like to say, if anybody is listening to this and this is like very intimidating, (laughs) yes, Georgia has been doing this for a while. But, you know, like for a lot of people, it starts with, as you mentioned earlier, just like a little, like you may... Um, maybe not Georgia because she's been doing this for a while, but for most people, it starts with <laughs> incremental changes. It's not like absolutely. It's not like you just got here all in one time. You like learned over time about what makes like what foods make you feel good, fuel your body for the kind of activities that you want to be doing, all of those things, and then how to you know keep maintain a healthy lifestyle consistently that you can that works for you. And then, you know, when and where to indulge in that kind of thing. Or you can follow the uh, what we like to call the Georgia diet in our house, which is you can eat anything you want, (laughs) but only one bite. Yep, calories don't count. (laughs) (laughs) If you only eat one bite. No, we always joke about that. But like, well, which is not to say that you don't eat because I women should not be told more that they shouldn't eat. But that like, you know, you know, you don't like, for instance, I've learned from Georgia, like, you can have a cookie, don't eat 10, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, you're not um, eating a cookie with every meal. <laughs> that's right. I have one. <laughs> yes. But kind of going off of that, um, I like to remind, especially my clients, but everyone, that um, your body craves what you put in it, and it adapts to what you put in it. So mm. if you are continually eating foods and bev- like drinking beverages that are full of sugar, full of fat, full of X, Y, Z, then your body's going to keep wanting that. 
and it's going to know how to run off of those things. So first of all, changing is hard and it does, it is a process, but once you start eating healthy, it's not always going to suck. Like for some people it sucks. They're like, I don't want to eat green things or like colorful vegetables, but it really does get better and it gets so much easier. And you're, you'll find that you'll stop craving sugars. You'll stop craving like the fast food. Like it does come all in stride, definitely not all at once, but yeah, I guess it gets better. (laughs) That's so true. And like, yeah. And if then, if you have made a habit out of eating healthfully, like those foods start to hurt more, right? Like if you go and eat fast food or something like that, then it usually does not feel very good. And because your body has adapted to your new way of living. And yes, so you'll be like more off put from that. I mean, I've noticed that even as like slowly, more slowly than Georgia over time, I've like (laughs) lessened my sugar intake. And then if I eat, let's say too much chocolate or something like that, like it doesn't feel good. And I don't want to keep doing it because I've trained my body over over time. So yeah, yeah, your body craves what you put into it. That's such a good point. I love it. And can I just interject and say that through my experience, trial and error, I've learned that for my body, it takes me about two weeks of being very consistent until I hit that, that, what do we want to call it? Mind shift where my body, like it feels easier, but I expect it to be pretty hard for two weeks, but like it it does make me feel encouraged to know that at the end of the two weeks, I'm going to be, it's going to be easier for me to make all those better decisions or most of the time it'll be easier to make those decisions. I think the saying is a habit takes anywhere from like 13 to 90 days to, or an action takes 13 to 90 days to become a habit. So yeah, you're right at the, I guess the start of that. At the earlier end. That's early. (laughs) I think it, I don't know if it like depends or where I saw that, but yeah, definitely just start with two weeks go like I'm doing two weeks of getting vegetables every day and then you'll be like dang I like vegetables (laughs) yeah I'm gonna work on my water for two weeks okay that's my that's my goal after this you know you can do what I've done in the past which is to set an alarm in your phone that goes off every couple of hours and then you have to drink an entire water bottle when the alarm goes off vicious (laughs) good idea my children mom time to drink water your your water your water alarm Which I don't, I, I, I did that for a while and now I feel like I drink plenty of water without that alarm going off just because I've made it more consistent yeah. in my day. Like sometimes you just set these like little reminders to get yourself in that habit. Like, and once you have made something habitual, you might not need so many reminders to make it happen. Love it. Exactly. That is the goal. Yeah. Doing it instinctively. So another one I see a lot, especially in females is that strength training or working with heavier weights will make them bulky. This is definitely not the case. So we've talked about specifically toning certain muscle groups. Obviously, the more you train a muscle group, the more it'll grow and hence like pop through um, any body fat. But um, putting on substantial muscle mass takes a ton of work, uh, time, and a ton of eating. So Things that you don't commonly see in the average uh, gym goer. So lifting weights is going to make you strong, first of all, which is incredibly important, just moving through life. But also just tone those muscles and like most of all, provide a consistent 
mean of fat loss. So muscle is a very expensive tissue requiring a lot of energy to maintain. So once you put on muscle, you're essentially like providing your body its own mean of taking care of calories and burning fat. This was just a lean toned physique that most people want. It comes from moderate muscle growth, but primarily decrease of overall body fat and strength training along with obviously other forms of exercise is a great way to do that. Yeah. It's interesting what you say about like you have to eat a lot to gain muscle. Can you clarify oh gosh, what insane. we have to eat a lot of? <laughs> because I yeah, think I'm taking gosh, notes yeah. over Very here. confusing, especially because yeah. like I think that as like I can particularly, you know, you were barely alive in the 90s. Adorable thing. But <laughs> like as I think especially as like a woman who grew up in the 90s, we have been told almost our entire lives to stop eating and to yeah, not eat, absolutely. which I feel like fuels such an unhealthy relationship with food and then um, can lead to being like so hungry that we're making worse choices when we finally are eating. And it just like, is this like awful cycle that you have disproven to me many times. So can you clarify to us that what kinds of food we should be eating and how we need to eat in order to maintain healthy bodies? Yeah, of course. So I tell people and follow this advice myself, but always tending toward protein whether that be a meal or a snack or otherwise, the more focus on protein, the more you will maintain muscle, but also leave less room for excess carbs and fat. So especially if weight loss in particular, uh, body fat loss is your goal, then protein is going to be your best friend as well as just like as whole and close to lean as possible. So like, lean turkey, chicken, fish, lean beef. Those are like your bigger uh, lean protein sources. But as much, I know that's sometimes hard to like keep around and like prepare a lot of, some people didn't grow up like preparing food all too much, but even if you can buy it at the store and keep it around and eat it when you're hungry, (laughs) the more you're going to fuel your body and the longer you'll stay satiated in contrast with like carbs and fat, but definitely a good option to tend toward. So in regard to amount, typically between your lean body mass and your weight in pounds is a good aim for grams of protein daily. Sorry, say that again. What is it? Yeah. Between your lean body mass and your body mass, your lean body mass is everything on your structure besides the body fat mm-hmm. and your body fat or your body. <laughs> oh my gosh. Your body mm-hmm. weight in grams of protein daily. So for brief reference, an egg is usually like six grams of protein. A normal size chicken breast is anywhere from like 30 to 35. A scoop of protein powder is typically like 25 to 30 and obviously everything in between, but right there is like a good amount of protein if you're eating those things throughout the day. But yeah, definitely like I recommend protein shakes or a meal with a good amount of protein after strength training or training workouts. 
as well as if you just do not find yourself getting enough protein throughout your day, then supplementing if possible. Okay. So you see so you are a fan of protein drinks or powders, adding those to meals. That's a good idea. Yeah. For getting us the protein that we need. Okay. I do feel like, yeah. and I feel like just like <laughs> an, my anecdotal experience too, is that when I've focused more on protein, it does help me make healthier choices throughout the day because I yes. am more satiated right. and I don't end up with like this starving eating handfuls of chocolate chips mentality yeah, what's, or whatever what's easy is to like grab. so we're yeah. eating like a kid's granola bar or something like that because you've reached yeah like, you're like way too hungry but instead like setting up my day with you know a bit of protein for breakfast or whatever so that that yeah and like again making a habit out of this so that we are not running up against time and energy when yeah i mean you don't want to be making a lot of these choices when you are depleted of energy and time because it makes it harder to make the choices that you probably want to be making yeah so that's another especially a big one for meal prepping Mm -hmm. obviously it is challenging to meal prep it's time consuming but even if you're just keeping a protein source that is prepared Mm -hmm. around your or in your fridge hopefully (laughs) Making choices when you're hungry or strapped for time becomes easier and obviously a little healthier. So would suggest. (laughs) So so you'd rather I reach for a cube of chicken than a handful of crackers. That's what you're trying to say. Yes, that'd be great. (laughs) Yes. And you'll definitely feel a little fuller. Yeah. Yeah. For for sure. For longer. Okay. Wonderful. Wow. Well, you've cleared up so many things for us. Thank you. So many. I'm glad. So many. I know. Well, I, I do feel like there are just so many, there's so much information out there. It's hard to like sift through it all. And, you know, there's mis- there's misconceptions left and right about how we should be like taking care of our bodies. And, you know, I think it's especially ironic as we were kind of saying before how like things are like labeled with like these labels that feel like they're healthy or they're trying to pretend they're health foods, but they're not. Yeah. Um, And even just like, you know, when we talk about how like eating healthy whole meals can feel really intimidating, especially if, you know, we are dependent on packaged items to get us through the day or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. like frozen vegetables are a great way to kind of meet in the middle where like, you know, they're really easy to keep on hand. There's tons of easy ways to prepare them and their vegetables and they're just frozen. (laughs) So yeah, so like that's been a a great way that we've like increased our like vegetable intake without necessarily adding like tons of uh, meal prepping time or something like that, if that's something that you're strapped for. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And have you discovered the pre-cut rotisserie chicken at Costco? Because that's my very favorite chicken to just it's already it's like all of their the chicken breasts that that are from the rotisserie chickens that maybe they mm-hmm. didn't sell they just chop them up and they dry what's that vacuum seal them yep. and they so it's there. so easy they to grab and i think yeah, it tastes so yummy or you could do the cheap version that i do which is to <laughs> use your children as your little workers and you buy three rotisserie chickens and then you make them pull the 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 meat off and then you chop it all up and put it in the freezer for you uh, could do that, but I don't trust mine. <laughs> That's what I survived on. <laughs> Before I met Joe, who 
now, God bless his soul, like makes all of our chicken. Ooh, you found a good <laughs> love man. Love chicken. Love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Very blessed. Yes, indeed. Okay, can we wrap this up by just yep. asking you a final question to sort of, yes, again, wrap up everything that you've said here. How can we set some good goals around exercise and physical health, sort of taking into account all of the things you've taught us today? Yeah. So first and foremost, making your health a priority is like top of the list. So amidst your job and your family's a crazy life that you live, making yourself a priority is the only way anything is going to get done consistently. So you, you both know, we all know that making time for something is how it gets done. So once you make time, you become accustomed to it. And obviously the more you include it, it becomes your lifestyle. And the same goes for your health. If you let it fall by the wayside, the sooner you make it a lifestyle, the sooner you're able to get your friends and family involved, like build a support system. And then it literally becomes your life. Mm-hmm. You you find ways to bring activity, bring movement, bring healthy eating into your life. And it's no longer this nuanced thing. It's just living better and like living a little more whole and including your health is just so important. Yeah. <laughs> so it is hard to get started, but the only thing you need to do is start today Make your intentions known like to yourself and to that support group, support system, like your closest friends and family and just get started. Yeah. Make your health a priority before it like forces you to make it a priority. Yes. Because something has happened, an injury or an illness or something like that. I mean, obviously we may not be able to prevent all of that completely, but it's, what is that? Like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure all that sounds good to me yes (laughs) especially in these covid times (laughs) that's right yeah Yeah, totally okay well georgia you've taught us so much thank you you have to go drink even more water (laughs) yes yes I have a water bottle to finish. Add more weights (laughs) i know i yes i I, it's time to push myself onto the next weights weights thank you so much for being here for teaching us so many things. Not I was going to say everything you know, yeah. but that's not even possible because we've been oh, here for a long, <laughs> a long time more. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes, this has been very fun, so inspiring. Thank you so much, Georgia. We'll talk to you soon. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Okay, bye. Right. Love you both. <laughs> Love you too. Well, that was super fun. Georgia is wonderful and inspiring, and also you know a little intimidating. Um, <laughs> it's always been that way. Even though she's my little sister. She's a doll. She's a doll. And I'm feeling super motivated to drink more water, lift a little heavier. And yeah, I like like her approach to kind of taking some bite-sized goals and building upon those very practical tips. So hopefully we can all benefit from that. 
Yeah. And I really like to her approach of thinking of thinking more about what we add to our lives as opposed to deprivation. You know, how can we add more movement, add more weight, if that's our goal, add more water, add more vegetables, putting more of the good things we want into our lives in order to reap the benefits in and that will take care of creating the good habits that sustain lifelong goals of health and wellness. And then we won't have to focus so much on the deprivation side of things. So true. It totally is such a better mindset than what you were saying earlier about we both grew up in the nineties and how we need to eat less and be less. Yes. Be less, but no, we are here. We're going to add more good things into our lives and be more as a result. Yeah. Yeah. I do appreciate that general trend that I think is steering away from that mentality. But I also think that if it's something that's really ingrained in you, it takes some, some work, some rewiring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this was definitely a build upon our last episode, more of a goals focused, maybe like the next level. Yeah. Um, Nitty gritty, more specific. yeah. Yeah. But we wanted to bring you two trainers to perspectives on this stuff that we care a lot about but don't necessarily know everything about so hopefully you enjoyed us chatting with other people about it yes we will yeah. be back next week though with just the two of us just the That's two right. of us covering hopefully these you're topics. not bored of us <laughs> <laughs> yes and we will be focusing just on like the simple ways that we incorporate these habits into our lives and hopefully in really doable ways Yep, the practical implementation. Yes. Okay, until then, talk to you later. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.